0: Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Ryan Maison, Program Manager with Career Services in Daytona Beach. Thanks for tuning in to Going Places with Career Services. We are here in the wicked studio in Daytona Beach, Florida, and we are ecstatic to wrap up our podcast series this semester with discussions about the transition from college to the workplace. Here to discuss more with you on this topic is our core career intellects. Assistant Director in Daytona Beach, Lauren Burmester. Hi. Our other Assistant Director here, Sandy Oman.
1: Hello, everyone.
0: Project Manager representing Worldwide Career Services, Roth Britton.
2: Happy to be here.
0: And special guests, Aaron Minta, Program Manager in Daytona Beach. Hi. And Reverend David Keck, Chaplain in Daytona. Welcome to Going Places. Hi, how are you? Thank you. So before we explore transitioning from college, let's look at some historical events.
2: Roth? Thanks, Ryan. As always, the intent of this segment is to educate and inform and just kind of give you something interesting along the way. Most of us are familiar with the SR-71 Blackbird. Some of us may be familiar with its counterpart, the M-21. But today, we're going to talk about that little drone that sits on top, the D-21, made by Lockheed. What's interesting about this is not only was it not computer designed uh, back in 1969, but it was also a drone that went mock. Three. So it would go over enemy territory, take a picture, it would drop that camera with a high-res photo and then self-destruct. So this is an interesting segment of the industry that kind of broke off and took us in a new direction. So I would encourage you to go out there. There's a lot of great videos about this and how it transitioned from the SR-71 to the B-52. So I encourage you to go out and take a look at it. As far as Embry-Riddle's connection to this, we actually have a graduation where students get to sit under M-21 in Seattle at the Museum of Flight. So that's something that our students participate in. And it's something I encourage you to check out.
0: Thanks for that, Roth. Now, Sandy, Let's dive into this. You actually have a book that you showed me on the topic of life after college, and it inspired some of the content of this podcast. What was your favorite part of that book?
1: Thanks, Ryan. Yeah, the book is called Life After College, What to Expect and How to Succeed in Your Career, and it's by Andy Masters. There's actually a lot of books out on in the industry that are talk about the same topics. A lot of universities and colleges also will do programs trying to help students that are going to transition from college into their workplace in environment to help them be successful. So the book actually covers a lot of topics and one particular area I think is very good to talk about today and when you go from the idea of being a student, so the backpack part, to the briefcase, the professional, this is a very exciting time. It means the student has graduated and they have found a company that they want to work for, they've accepted the job and now they're going to be experiencing some new things. Could be relocating to a new city, it could be making new friends uh, in the workplace, but then outside of the workplace as well. Finding some new service providers, which make life happen on a daily basis, such as doctors, a new salon, dry cleaning, where do you get that done? The grocery store, your gym, where do you get your car serviced? You know, new local places to eat and many more things like that are considerations when you are leaving what you've known and moving into a new environment and a new location and new daily routine. And so, all of these things make life happen, and hopefully, your coworkers would be able to provide a lot of advice to make these transitions a little bit easier. I know we always try to do that when we have new people, you know, join our team, right, Ryan?
0: Yeah, you sure did. I, I can definitely say the office did a really good job at that.
1: Yeah. So, companies are also aware of this transition, and so they have started to create mentor programs for newly hired employees to help them better acclimate to their new position in their new environments and help them to increase their success on the job. Some tips that can be taken from these concepts of a mentor program is to be open to whatever the company might need you to do, especially if it's the beginning of your job. Sometimes they might not have a formalized routine or they might be waiting on someone to come like your boss to come back to work. And so they might have you doing some odd things. Just be open to whatever that might be. It could be filing. It could be updating a manual. It could be even helping in the shipping department um, or putting packets together for clients. These are important learning opportunities to be able to learn a little bit about other jobs in the company and to learn how the company works and what makes it successful. So this is a time to be patient. You're not going to be doing this forever. This is not your final job. It's just a transition point. And also be humble. Realize that there's no job that you are above. Even if you're a graduate student, you have a master's degree. Another point is don't be negative and don't let negative coworkers draw you into their world. You know the saying misery loves company, right? Yeah. Well, don't be the company for that situation. It's important to stay out of these situations and not let their perspectives cloud your opportunity or your boss's perspective of you. So it's also an opportunity to be supportive and kind to your coworkers as well. You don't know what they're going through and what's caused this negativity from their side. You want to be positive. There will be times when this could be hard, but being positive and looking for the silver lining and those opportunities is what'll help you get through it. So what are you learning during this time when maybe you're struggling with being positive? What can you take away? Do you need to ask for help? to do whatever it is that you're doing that has you a little bit not positive. So those are also learning opportunities that you can take from these times. Be open to constructive criticism, but also learn when criticism isn't constructive and how to handle the two appropriately. Also, being professional in your interactions with others is really important. You don't know what others are going through or they don't know what you're going through. And sometimes this is very stressful. So don't let one negative interaction with a coworker cloud your working relationship. Congratulate others when they are doing notable things and this behavior will be noticed by your boss and your peers. And then finally, I think it's important that to note that not all companies have these mentoring programs, but you can find your own mentor. So identify somebody that you respect and ask them for advice or model the behavior that they show and try and see how that can help you be successful as well and make it your own.
0: Thanks for summing all that up, Sandy. All right. So our next guest, Aaron, was inspired by another colleague in our office for this next bit. That is Tommy Liang, the program manager for aerospace engineering and computational math in the Daytona Beach office. And he gave a talk recently on budgeting your first paycheck. So Aaron, did you want to share more about budgeting?
3: Yes, so your first paycheck should arrive approximately two weeks after you start your new job, but know that it can take a little more time sometimes due to your start date or payroll processing, so it might be a good idea to make sure you have some savings to help cover your expenses those first few weeks, especially if you have relocation costs to cover. When you receive your first paycheck, you want to check the pay stub for accuracy and also so you can begin to understand your taxes and other deductions. There will be deductions for federal and possibly state or city income taxes, maybe even union dues in some places, social security tax, Medicare, and if you chose your employer's health care plan, you'll see those deductions. The amount after all your deductions is called your net income or your take-home pay, and this is what you're going to base your budget on. So when you set up your budget, you want to be attentive to pay frequency. It might be weekly, biweekly, or monthly, but you want to set your budget according to the schedule. So of course your budget's going to include rent, which hopefully is no more than 20 to 25% of your take-home pay, groceries, transportation costs to and from work, utilities, cable, internet. So while you probably research the cost of living in your new location prior to accepting a position, there can be surprises and certain items in your new town may be more expensive than your research showed. So you can track your expenses and adjust your budget for the first few months. There is a saying called pay yourself first, and this refers to your savings, not only for retirement, but for larger purchases like a new car or a house, or maybe you're saving for investment income or even just for a rainy day. When you when you pay close attention to your budget the first few years you're working, and you make a habit of putting 5-10% to 10% of every paycheck into savings, you can start to make your earnings work for you earlier in your life. It might seem hard at first, but after a few months you won't miss it, and after a few years you'll be really glad you did. You can also begin to save for retirement by contributing an additional 5-10% to 10% to an employee-sponsored retirement plan. There are other retirement vehicles you can use as well, things called IRAs and annuities. So it's a really good idea to consult a professional financial advisor within the first few months of working. You can add to your budget as many categories as you want. Some of the more popular ones are clothing, vacations, trips to visit relatives. But don't forget to figure in pocket money, entertainment, lunches and dinners out, because these are important considerations. In general, your first student loan payment isn't due until about six months after you graduate. You can make payments on the interest before this date, but if you really need to use those funds for something else, like to cover your moving expenses or buy a car, that's also an option. You just want to make sure you include this expense in your budget by the time the first payment comes due. So while this may sound like a lot of work, like everything you've already accomplished and learned, it just takes practice and persistence and discipline and it pays off.
0: Thank you so much, Aaron. Honestly, we can't forget that. Whether we like it or not, money makes the world go around, and it's a necessary piece to calculate and consider going into this transition. So thanks for those fine tips and, and thanks for the inspiration, Tommy. I think it would be interesting at this point to shift to a question for Reverend Keck. Sir, with this topic of transition from college, how do those conversations typically unfold for you in your role?
4: Well, I think one of the things that when you talk about with seniors is the fact that they realize they're heading into a massive set of shifts in their identity. As they leave campus and go out into the workforce or even go to another campus, they're no longer the persons they were in some ways, and they've got to find out who they're going to become as well as what's that enduring piece of themselves. So I think about all our football players on our football team here. Uh, once they finish their senior year, they're no longer football players. Well, we don't have a football team, but (laughs) the same idea applies. If you're an athlete, are you going to still be an athlete? Someone who plays golf can play golf for the rest of their life. Someone who is on one of the other teams, like lacrosse, may or may not be able to find another team. So an identity that shaped them and given them strength and friendship and structure in their lives is going to be going away and what's going to replace that. So it's, that's true for, particularly for student-athletes, but for all those who are shifting in one identity to another. Those who are graduating are going from being at the top of the totem pole to the bottom. The graduates, and as we've discussed, graduates lose a massive support system. And so their ability just to walk out their door and find people who are willing to help them connect to social events, activities, clubs, and organizations, they've got to start doing that more on their own unless there is a good employee program that we were talking about earlier. So I think that, the, to me, the question is continuities and the question of what changes people are prepared for. One of the other transitions that's also happening is not just from student to employee, but also from that sort of casual set of relationships to what are going to be the enduring relationship, possibly even marriage as well. So you have got that shift taking place and not everyone is ready for that. They've got to figure out uh, what, where their priorities are going to be. Uh, do they want to get married sooner rather than later? Are they already in a relationship that's going to be sustaining itself? Many couples on campus are going through that question. Do they try to find a job in the same place? So all these things are putting a lot of stress on people's lives, and so I'm always trying to encourage people to find the continuities that they can. It could be religious or spiritual. Okay, you're no longer going to a Catholic service here on campus, but in your new home, will you find yourself a new Catholic church? or whatever your tradition might happen to be. Same things with the things you love on campus, clubs and organizations. Say you like to go scuba diving, is there a diving group in the area that you're going to go to? What are the things that are gonna sustain you? I'm also interested in the way video games are a great structure for people. Sometimes we spend a lot of time playing video games and you're developing relationships. If you have a friend three states away in gaming, you can continue that relationship wherever you are. So I think the world of online gaming and those relationships can be very helpful for people. So to me, that question is what's gonna sustain itself, what's gonna continue, what's gonna fade? I encourage people also just to be prepared. We think we have best friends forever, BFFs. I gotta tell you, not all BFFs stay BFFs, and that's mm-hmm. okay. There is an inevitable process of making new friends and gradually slipping from Old friends. And sometimes that's distressing. Sometimes it just happens. I just encourage people to be prepared for those changes and to really identify what's going to sustain them because there's a lot of stress, a lot of difficulty, and um, they no longer have the support system.
0: I'm so glad you brought up that side of this shift, Reverend. Um, I bet our listeners did not necessarily expect to talk about such philosophical and intangible pieces to this puzzle in this podcast. But that actually reminds me, Roth, you know, this identity shift that we talk about, that's often the underlying theme of conversations with veterans that I have, that we all have during this transition off of campus. Now, being a veteran yourself, how has that process looked for you? Yeah,
2: I love how Sandy talked about from backpack to briefcase. And I kind of think about from duffel bag to backpack yeah. to briefcase. <laughs> so as a veteran and as an alumni of Daytona Beach, I can say that it there is a transition. And what I come back to a lot of times is expectations versus reality. So for employers, there's a lot of times that they have a set opinion on what a veteran is what a veteran can do, what to expect from a veteran. But a lot of times when they hire them, the expectations is not reality. And I would say that you should see that as a positive thing, that is a great opportunity for you to show who you are and what you can do. So for example, I was hired coming out of the military as a veteran and some of the staff came to me later on and said, you know, when we hired you, we thought you were gonna be a drill sergeant. So, <laughs> so for those of you who know me, drill sergeant, I am not. But the reality is, is. When you're coming out of the military, there is an expectation, and that's okay. So what it means for you is you need to translate what you've done and be ready to show what you can do. So perhaps your employer thinks, oh, veterans are not creative, but maybe you are. So that's a great opportunity for you to be ready to show who you are and be comfortable with who you are. Thank you so much, Roth. You know, I really appreciate you
0: sharing that personal side of the perspective of transitioning, especially as a veteran. Now, I must admit, I'm not too far removed from new grads that are moving on to bigger and better things. Uh, Even in my experience personally, and when I do career advising, I've gathered quite a few touch points I share with students transitioning out of the college setting. Now, to start off with, these conversations typically start with this, is that we need to expect change, not just like, oh, is a lot going to change? Yes, expect. If you're excited for the next step, that's awesome. But many new grads are surprised by the enormity of this life shift. So whether it is due to the unknown or not being ready to leave, I encourage anyone in this situation to reflect. Take time to yourself to mentally prepare like Reverend Keck was talking about and do what you have to so you're not so distracted once you step foot into a new occupation or a new situation. And we mentioned in the last podcast to schedule out things you enjoy to do. I would echo that notion again. In addition, if you're moving, make sure you schedule things to do and places to go where you live now before you leave. You may regret it if you don't. Amidst all the planning and preparation you'll be doing, taking part in activities that satisfy you help keep you sane. Believe me, it goes by so fast as well, too. So when you look back, you want to look back smiling, not full of regret. And then once you get to where you are transitioning to, know your limit. Uh, This is something that I personally went through many young professionals just jump into this new environment or role and culture headfirst good for them that's fine but don't be the person that does so much in the first month that they get burnt out professionally and personally soon thereafter so pick and choose your battles if you have to say no I promise there will be other times you can say yes. And lastly, consider your close family and friends. You know what is best for you, but your social support system is your most useful resource in maintaining resiliency in this process. There's a lot of research out there that proves that. Utilize this support system as a tool and honor these individuals that likely aided in the journey you embarked on to be on the exciting path you are on now. And if this transition ever gets to be too much, we encourage you to seek counseling services. There's no shame in it because honestly, if you're not taking care of yourself, you won't be able to set a positive professional impression in your new situation. So this ultimately makes the prep and planning pointless in this transition. So seek help before it gets to be too much.
3: Yeah, I just wanted to quickly add, so we've talked a lot about transitioning from college to um, a new position or into industry but don't forget about your roots as well at the university we've got a really great alumni networking here in the the U.S. as well as internationally it's a great opportunity for you to connect with other alumni that are in the industry out in you know the same area you are it's a great uh, support system as well so if you've lost your support system that you have at the university it's a great way to gain a new support system because they understand what you're going through and they also have that connection to the university that you have
0: thank you so much for sharing that perspective as an alum Lauren I I know that's been really valuable for you as you've transitioned Uh, but let's turn our thoughts to the alumni spotlight now the listeners who tuned into our first podcast heard us quote a very special alum who we have had the pleasure of working with as he blossoms in his career at Delta Jack Hardy is a business alum and former student ambassador for Career Services who is passionate about helping new graduates as they find their place in the professional world let's see what he had to say about this process and how he even navigated it himself Well, Jack, thank you so much for being here with us. Glad to be here. Awesome. So just had a few questions for you. First of all, just remind us who you are, where you're from, and what you do now.
5: So I uh, am Jack Hardy. I am from Houston, Texas. I work in the network planning department at Delta Airlines. So I work on a team that uh, builds the flight schedule about nine to 10 months out.
0: Sure, so what helped you in the process of your transition into the workplace?
5: Part of what helped me for this process was knowing that I wasn't quite alone in this process and it didn't really get that until probably two or three months into this transition. Just somebody else was able to kind of understand that, you know, yeah, you know, it is a transition. You don't just go from being, you know, in the college world, we can go back to your dorm and take a nap at noon. And then versus then seeing a cube for 40 hours a week and having to, you know, adjust to this new way of life. But then also realizing how you're supposed to use your free time outside of work. You know, it was a bit of a transition, but knowing that I wasn't alone and that other people have gone through it and had felt the same way made it a lot easier.
0: So with that being said, what surprised you in this transition to the workplace?
5: Just that there was a transition. <laughs> Previously, I had interned in network planning at Delta twice, so came back for my fall semester after my second internship got the job offer, started in February, and the first three months were great because, you know, it was just like I was an intern, and then you get to the end of the third month, and you're like, oh, I'm still here. What's next? And, you know, just kind of transitioning to, oh, yeah, you know, I can kind of settle in. I'm, you know, more or less permanent here. Granted, you know, I can still go get a different, you know, a different role in the company, but, you know, I'm not an intern anymore. That was a bit of a surprise. <laughs> sure.
0: Sure. Thank you. And so at the job, how long did it take you to catch your stride, if you will?
5: It took probably about six to seven months to catch my stride. Some of that was, you know, the first three months, you know, you're, you're thinking that, you know, it's an internship, so it's going to be over, but you're still there after the third month. But some of it, too, was just it took a a good six months to really learn a lot about the flight schedule and a lot of the tribal knowledge that people around the office have. So that way um, my moves in the schedule didn't seem very loose cannon, as the nickname has around the office. But, you know, once, you know, each month and even now after just after uh, a year of uh, being at at the company full time, the transition you know will eventually kind of go over and you're just going to feel like you're a fully fledged member of the team. Awesome to hear. And finally, if
0: you could say one thing to anyone about to graduate into the workplace,
5: what would you say? So I'd probably tell them that college, they say, is the best years of your life. And they are, but so is working full time. Every year, it will always get better. You'll always find something, you know, a new hobby, somewhere new to travel to, um, and enjoy the little things when you're working.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for coming to join us here, Jack. Thanks for having me. Jack is a 2018 alum of the College of Business, and he works at Delta as a network planner. Thank you so much, Jack. If you want to hear a similar story on transitioning from college, check out the Going Places blog of a recent aviation maintenance science grad, John Fedrowski. Did we miss something, or did you have a follow-up question? Follow us on Twitter and let us know by mentioning Going Places. For more info, our website is careerservices.erau.edu. If you are a student or alum, check out Handshake for all of the career development resources you may need. Special thanks to the Wicked Studio team and our guests Sandy, Aaron, Reverend Keck, Lauren, Jack, and Roth. Thanks to all of our listeners this entire semester for our debut of our first ever podcast series. We look to the skies for a bright future and hope to see you in the jump seat with us as we ascend. Tune in again starting this summer as we continue to dive deeper into your career development. I'm your host, Ryan Maison. Catch you next time on Going Places with Career Services.